Welcome to Discover True Treasure. I'm Angela. The episodes this season are inspired by my daily reading passages from my one-year Bible. Today, I am going to talk about what it means to live a life of true significance. Most likely, this will be a two-part series, so I invite you to also join me next week in order to hear the complete discussion on this topic. Okay, I hope you're ready. Let's begin. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's episode is based on the New Testament portion of my daily reading passages from February 8th. And I will be focusing on Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Now, last week we talked about signs of the end times and Jesus's return. Today, in this passage of scripture, Jesus is talking about the events that will happen when he returns. And last week's episode, and also this week's episode, has me thinking about what it means to be successful in this life and live a life of significance. Well, actually, this is really something I think about often. In fact, I think a lot about my purpose on this earth and what it means to be used by the Lord. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I believe that you certainly want the Lord to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, when he returns. Amen. So while I know we are not human doings, we are human beings, I totally understand that when people say that. Nevertheless, I think that it is clear in the scriptures that there is work to be done on this earth for the Lord. After all, why would Jesus say, well done, right? Which is implying that you actually did something. And why would Jesus say that the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few and for us to pray for the Lord to send uh, workers into the harvest, right? That's again, implying some type of work. Now, of course, I'm not suggesting that we resort to works in in terms of law and grace. We know that we are not saved by works. We're saved by grace. Amen. There is nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to receive the gift of righteousness. Amen. So I am talking about work in terms of serving the Lord after you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, after you have indeed been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, after you have received the gift of righteousness. So let me just clarify that, okay? So I do believe that there is work to be done on this earth. I do believe that we have a purpose. And we hear this all the time. You, I'm sure you've heard it in church. You hear it from preachers and teachers, Bible preachers and teachers. You will hear them say, we all have a purpose. There's something the Lord wants us to do. But what does that really mean? Okay, what does that really look like? Because I cannot tell you 
how many times I've heard, especially in the years after I first got saved, I would say maybe the first decade, I cannot tell you how many times I have had well-meaning people, and I'm going to assume that they were (laughs) well-meaning, well-meaning people tell me that the Lord has something big for me to do. I've heard it so many times. And when they say something quote unquote big for me to do, it often falls into a few categories. It could be maybe singing because I I did that quite a bit uh, in the church. Uh, It could be speaking or teaching in front of large groups of people. And I remember years ago, I remember a woman telling me, about their books in you. You're going to be writing books. And at that time, I clinged to all of that. And that's what I thought it meant to be used by the Lord, just that narrow scope. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to tell people things like that, provided, of course, the Lord is truly speaking to you and telling you to share that with someone. However, this is what concerns me. And this is what I saw uh, often, not just with me, with other people. I get concerned that when people are prophesying or encouraging others and speaking into their lives and telling them that the Lord wants to use them, Often what they say is that the Lord wants you to be some type of leader or teacher or preacher or singer, or maybe you play an instrument, or maybe you will be a do missions work, you know, in a foreign country. That's about the scope of it. And because I heard these things so many times for so long during those years, this was just ingrained in me that this is what it meant to be used by the Lord. And so as a result, it was common in the circles that I was in to feel that you are not doing something significant or valuable for the Lord if what you are doing doesn't really fall into those categories. And I really started to think about what it means to be used by the Lord when I went through a season in my life in which I did not have a home church. I found it interesting that I would get these thoughts that I am not fulfilling my calling and started to almost a a mild panic Even though I truly believed that the Lord, the Lord called me out of the church that I was in, and I won't get into all of that, but I started to feel that maybe I'm not fulfilling my calling because for years I had heard that a calling looked a certain way and I was not volunteering in a church. I was not doing something that fell into those categories that I I just talked about earlier. But you know, I thank the Lord that I started to challenge those beliefs by 
searching the scriptures. And you know what? According to the word of God, being used by the Lord means so much more than only maybe ministering the word of God through preaching or teaching or singing or or playing an instrument or working full time or volunteering in the church or even doing missions work in a foreign country. It is so much more than that. Now, don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with those things. Amen. If God has called you to do one or more of those things, praise the Lord. Be faithful and do do it for God's glory. But what I'm saying is that those things are not the end all be all to serving the Lord. In fact, when we go to the scriptures and stick with me, please (laughs) don't get alarmed. I'm not speaking against doing those things at all. But I wanted to see a bigger picture from the word of God. And so when we go to the scriptures, we will find that the Lord is looking for us to do things that we often overlook because they don't seem important or valuable. So could it be that what we value, what we value in our church world is not necessarily what the Lord values. And even nowadays, with there being a big shift in the way many people do ministry, if you will, because of, first of all, this worldwide pandemic, but even before then, there's been this big shift where you have online ministries, where people are ministering through their social media accounts and so forth. And so many people who have these online ministries, they consider uh, this their calling. And also with that, you'll find that many people monetize these ministries because they are depending on these ministries as their sole source of income. So again, all of this still leads me to wonder, what does the Lord think about this? Do you have to have a ministry of some sort? Do you have to volunteer in a church, work in a church? Do you have to strive to get a a position in a church? Do you have to write books? Is that the only way to serve the Lord? Is that all it means? to serve the Lord? What if one has a large dynamic ministry, whether it's a traditional ministry, you know, brick and mortar in a brick and mortar building or an online ministry? And what if someone has a lot of followers and this ministry is bringing in a lot of money because they have a lot of followers or members or what have you? Does that automatically mean that the Lord is pleased? Does that automatically mean when all is said and done, when he returns, that that individual will be rewarded and praised by the Lord? Hmm. I think we can find the answer in the word of God. 
So let's go to the word of God. Okay, so let's read the portion of scripture that we will be focusing on today so that we can start to understand what type of work will be praised and rewarded by the Lord when he returns. So again, our scripture reference is Matthew 25, 31 through 46. And I am going to go ahead and read this and please just stay with me. It's quite a bit to read. So please just stay with me. Okay. It reads, but when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king, capital K, that's Jesus, of course, will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away with you, you cursed ones into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Amen. Isn't that powerful? Okay. So again, the scripture tells us that Jesus, when he returns, he will separate people. He will separate them like a shepherd separates sheep and goats. And so the sheep, if you will, will be on his right and the goats will be on his left. And Jesus told the righteous ones who were on his right hand, he said, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Remember, Jesus is going to prepare a place for us. That's what he said. 
And he went on and told them as we read, he said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me drink. I was a stranger. You invited me into your home. He talked about uh, providing clothing, visiting him when he was sick or in prison. And they didn't understand. And so they asked him, Lord, when did we see you in these situations, in these predicaments? And he said, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Wow. Jesus, out of his mouth, this is from the gospels. He said that he would reward people who did these things, these simple things. Like giving someone something to drink, feeding someone, showing someone hospitality, visiting someone who is sick, visiting someone in prison. They will be rewarded for doing this. Amen. Often, often, often in the church world, when we think of doing something valuable for the Lord, many times, People think of things that are lofty and dare I say, glamorous, (laughs) like preaching and teaching to thousands of people, speaking at seminars and writing bestsellers and recording records that make millions of dollars. And I'm not saying that those things in and of themselves are wrong. I'm just saying that Many times, that's what we think of when we think of people doing something that's valuable for the Lord. When we think of people living a life of significance and serving the Lord, we often think of those things. But there is no denying the truth that the scriptures paint such a different picture of the type of service that he values. And what I get from these scriptures is that what he really values is for us to care for one another, to care for our brothers and sisters on a very basic level, to allow the love of the Lord in our hearts to compel us to be moved with compassion to do things like feed people, shelter them, clothe them, give them something something to drink, take care of them when they're sick, visit them in prison. That seems to be what the Lord values. I mean, after all, we just read the scriptures. He rewarded them. He welcomed them into his kingdom. Amen. Now, I'm not saying that the Lord does not value Christian authors and singers and teachers and preachers. That's not what I'm saying. You may truly be called to do those things. Amen. But in addition to those roles, to those callings, I truly believe that the Lord does not want any of us to forget about these seemingly simple and little things like feeding people and caring for the sick and visiting those who are in prison and just showing hospitality to people because the Lord 
seems to be very pleased with these things because he said those who did those things, he told them they were doing them to him. It was as if they were doing those things for him. If they did it to the least, look at what the focus is on. The least. Those who are forgotten. Those who are overlooked. You know, we can find in the church world where we want to do things for people that may have notoriety, who may be well-known, who may be in leadership positions, who may be in circles that we want to become a part of. But Jesus said, if you did it to the least of one of these brothers and sisters, it was as if you were doing this to me. Amen. Now, there is a portion of scripture and this is also in the Gospels, uh, Gospel of Matthew, actually, where Jesus again talks about what will happen when he returns. And he says that there will be a group of people who will tell him all about these spectacular things that they did in his name. But you know what? Jesus will tell those people to depart from him. And he will say that he never knew them. <laughs> wow. Is it possible to actually do mighty works in the name of Jesus and not actually know him? Well, according to the scripture that I will read, uh, that's possible. And let's think about it. Have we seen this displayed in our time? Could there be ministries or ministers, teachers, preachers, what have you doing mighty things in the Lord's name, but they don't actually know him? Wow. That's a provocative question. Now, sometimes I believe, and just this is just from my experience, that people are very sincere and they aspire to do things like teaching and preaching and and all of these things that are commonly spoken of as being used by the Lord, they sincerely want to do these things because they desperately want to feel as if their life is significant and that they are doing the Lord's will. And, and it's wonderful to desire to do the Lord's will and to have a life of significance. And I tell you, that's what I think about all the time. That is my greatest desire to live a life of significance. I believe that that was put in us, that that is something the Lord has put in us. We want our lives to matter. And, and I believe that that is a godly desire. And it's probably our desire deepest desire. I really feel that that is my deepest desire to live a life, live a life that matters, to live a, a life of significance. But again, let's take a step back. What does that truly mean? And so this is what I've been really, really thinking about. But first of all, this is what I, I believe that the Lord was saying to me, that it is important to understand that our lives are already significant, that they already have value 
if we have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he gave his life for us. You don't give your life for someone, for something that's not valuable. (laughs) Amen. But um, let me go back to the scripture that I was referring to. And again, the scripture is about Jesus talking about a group of people who will tell him that they did all of these wonderful things in his name and he will have a surprising response. So let me go ahead and read that scripture. And it is Matthew chapter seven, verses 21 through 23. And it reads, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Wow. Let that sink in. He said, many, many will say to me in that day, And they will go on about prophesying in his name and casting out demons and doing wonders, maybe miracles and healing and all these wonderful things. And and you know what? There's nothing wrong with doing these things. And Paul talks to the Corinthians about the gifts of the spirit. And he talks about speaking in tongues and all of those things. So there is nothing wrong with doing those things. So there has to be something more to this. And what it is, is he said, I never knew you. Wow. So again, I say, can you do things in the name of Jesus, in name only, and not know him? Well, according to the scripture, you can. So we don't want that to be us. And and again, this is not to speak negatively of doing those things. But when we do those things, we're not doing them only in name. We're doing these things as we're led by the Lord to do these things by the Holy Spirit. We are doing these things because we know him. Amen. Because we have a relationship with him. But again, let's just let's just let it sink in that there will be many people who will talk about their resume <laughs> what they did for the Lord. And his response will be depart from me because I never knew you. Wow. He says only those who do the will of his father. Jesus said only those who do the will of my father will enter into heaven. So then we should ask the question, well, what is the will of the father? Well, we who believe on Jesus Christ, we know what it is. His will is for us to believe on his son, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Is that too simple? That is the Lord's will for us. We are to look to Jesus Christ and to receive from him the gift of righteousness. We are to set our gaze on him and allow him to consume our thoughts. We're to rejoice in our hearts and in our minds because he has paid the price for our sins with his life, with his blood. That's the will of the father. 
for us to believe on his son. Amen. And when we do that, when we have a heart that is full of faith in Christ Jesus, when we fully receive the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, I am convinced that we will find ourselves imitating our Lord Jesus Christ by showing compassion on others like he did, by helping people in the most simplest way, by feeding people, caring for people, encouraging people. Amen. Now, I have a lot more to say on this topic. So next week, I plan to dive a little deeper into this topic. But for now, I truly hope that this episode has you thinking about what it really means to serve the Lord and live a life of true significance. Amen. Thanks again for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, please join me again next week and consider liking and following this podcast. Also, if you have a prayer request, comment, or question, please leave me a voice message. I would love to hear from you. And you can do so by clicking on the link in the show notes. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.